So one verse of scripture this morning, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, familiar portion of scripture. This is at the end of the whole armor of God section of things. And I'm reading from the New English translation. And Paul writes and he says, with every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit and to this end, be alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. Let's pause for just a moment of prayer. Father in heaven, through the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, would you release the apostolic anointing as well as the spirit of wisdom and revelation that your people might receive the fullness of all that you would impart this morning through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So again, it's a familiar portion of Scripture, and J. Oswald Sanders, talking about this verse uh, in an article called Praying in the Spirit, writes the following. He says, There is scriptural warrant for asserting that our chronic disinclination and reluctance to pray, as well as our ignorance of how to pray aright, find their complete answer in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Hence, Paul's injunction, pray at all times in the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 18. He goes on to write, says, The Holy Spirit is the source and sustainer of our spiritual life. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit, Galatians 5, 25. Since prayer is represented in Scripture as an essential factor in the progress in the Christian life, it is not surprising to find that the Spirit of God is deeply involved in this sphere, end quote. The sad thing about it is, is there are too few Christians who know how to engage with the Spirit of God in prayer, and that is why we need to investigate what praying in the Spirit really means. So I want to begin by talking about both the problem and the answer. And in order to understand that, we need to kind of look at our normal way of praying. I'm not saying this is right, wrong, or indifferent, but it's just after many years of walking with the Lord, in fact, this is the 23rd, tomorrow, it will be, my gosh, it will be 48 years that I have been walking with Jesus tomorrow. 48 years. I started when I was two. Not true. Not true. I was 15, so you do the math. (laughs) But just watching the way people pray, and of course, I'm a people watcher, you know. Like, my wife takes me to the mall. She knows better than to drag me from store to store. She parks me in the mall where I can watch people. I'm the happiest Right there, give me a cup of coffee, let me watch the people, I'm good. So I observe people, and I particularly observe people when they pray, because you can learn a whole lot. So in the normal way that we pray, uh, we observe a situation, or we take a prayer request. You know, somebody comes and says, would you pray with me about this, right? So whether we're looking at a situation, whether somebody brings us a request, we take that, and then we assess it. From our perspective, we look at it, we say, oh, this is happening, so this is obviously what we need God to do. 
So then we start praying like that because we think we know what needs to happen in this particular situation. And if you're like me, the way I used to do it, I would pray everything I could think of, bind, loose, cast out, petition, intercede, cry, do all kinds of stuff. It's kind of like shooting buckshot. I don't know about you. I was raised in Southwest Kansas. We knew what shooting buckshot was. That was a one shell that shot scatter shot all over the place. And you would just really hope that something hit whatever you were aiming at. You didn't even have to be too accurate. You just shoot in the general direction. Something's going to hit, right? And many times that's the way we would pray. You just pray every kind of a thing. You know, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something's going to stick. And, and if it ever did, you don't know what it was. Was it the binding, the loosing, the petition, the intercession, the praying in tongues? Well, like, like what actually happened here? And uh, too often, nothing happened. And then we would wonder why so few of our prayers get answered. Well, here is the problem, Okay. The problem is our limited perspective. We don't see everything that's going on in a situation. First of all, what is God doing here? What is it that God wants to do in this particular situation? You know, God is always up to something. And we assume that it's our job to tell him what he needs to be doing as though we knew. Right? But what's God up to? We don't know many times. Or what is the devil doing? Is the devil even involved? Sometimes he is. Many times he's not. But what's going on in the spiritual world? How do we pray about that? And finally, what's happening in people's hearts? You know, we look at a situation, pick one, you know, child is acting out and we you know many people oh well they need to get saved so we pray we pray but what's going on in their heart why are they doing what they're doing there's got to be a reason behind that most people don't get up in the morning and think oh i think i'm going to go astray today no (laughs) there's something that's motivating that but what is it we don't know right And so we have too limited of a perspective. It's kind of like I often use the illustration. I like to watch American football, okay? And so too often it's like that quarterback down there on the field. You know, he's getting ready to make a pass. Well, he can only see what's in front of him. For those armchair quarterbacks that are sitting at home in their comfy chair with their popcorn and their coffee, we're yelling at the screen as though he could hear us. And we're saying, throw it over there to number 33. Throw it to him. He can't see 33. He can see 12 and wonder why he doesn't move. So finally he makes a call and we go, why did you do that? I was telling you to throw it over there. Here's the difference. We're seeing the whole playing field. We can see who's in the way and who's open. He can't. And the same thing is true in life. We see so little where God sees the whole picture. And he knows what needs to happen. And he's waiting for us to clue in. And here's the good news. Here's the answer. We have got a helper. That's the good news. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, In the same way, 
The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we should pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings, and He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints according to God's will. Now you notice there that it says that He helps us, but the Spirit helps us. That word helps in the original language literally means to take hold of together. You know, it's kind of like all of a sudden, uh, Brother Darian has got some, needs some help moving a big table. So a bunch of guys get around there. They take hold together with the weight of that table and together they move it. This is not something that the Spirit of God does apart from us. This is something the Spirit of God does together with us. He comes and takes hold together with us in our weakness. And our weakness is the fact that we don't know how to pray as we should. That's the weakness that we've got. And so as he comes and takes hold together with us in our weakness, he begins to make intercession according to the will of God. And intercession simply means to appeal to someone on behalf of another. That's all intercession means. And he does it with inexpressible groanings. Now, scholars have debated for centuries about what that actually means and how it actually works. Nobody's come up with a logical conclusion, but the most plausible definition of it is that he prays alongside us in concert with God's will. And the God who sees all and who reads our hearts clues into the Spirit because he intercedes according to the will of God. Now, some people take that and say, well, then why do we even need to pray if the Spirit of God is going to pray for us? But remember this, He takes hold together with us. God wants to bring us as His people to the place where we can intelligently cooperate with Him. So let's talk a little bit about how to actually pray in the Spirit because that's what Paul enjoins us to do, meaning it has to be possible, and it certainly is. So first of all, if we are going to pray in the Spirit, we are going to have to abide in Christ. John chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus makes this incredible statement when he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. How many of you find that just a little bit amazing? Ask whatever you want. Well, there's a caveat to that. We have to abide in Him, and His Word has to abide in us. And to abide in Him. Now, of course, you put that verse back into its context. That's the whole place where Jesus is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Of course, the vine He's talking about there is a grapevine. The vine is the source of life. It's what draws the nutrients up from the ground. The branches are what express the life of the vine, and it comes forth in fruit. Aren't you glad you came to biology class this morning? Right? 
But that's the whole purpose of the branch. The branch has no life in and of itself. It lives by the vine. And so Jesus says, you have got to abide in me. You have got to draw your life from me. That puts us in a place of absolute and utter surrender and dependence upon him. Make no mistake about it. Christ is not going to live your life and his life at the same time. He wants our lives to be wholly given up to him so that he can express his life fully through us. That's what it means to abide in him. But then he says, you also need to let my words abide in you. You see, we don't know anything about living this thing called the Christian life. But he's given us his word. And as that word begins to come into our lives and we begin to think upon it, it begins to change the way we think so that we begin to think in harmony with him. So that whenever the spirit of God begins to move in our lives, we are quicker to pick up on it because we recognize his voice. And so that word begins to change us. It begins to change our desires. It begins to bring us into harmony with heaven. That's why he said, if you will abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you because you're not going to ask something off the wall. You're not going to ask something selfish or something that would be detrimental to another. You're going to be asking for something that is in harmony with the heart of God. So that's why if we are going to pray in the Spirit, this is the first step. We need to daily abide in Christ. This has got to be our lifestyle. All right? But then we need to go on to the next step. Now buckle your seatbelts for this one. The next step is you and I need to learn to pray for prayer. What are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. Martha Kilpatrick, in her little booklet, uh, The Secret of Answered Prayer, writes this. Listen to this very closely. She says, The prayer we need to discover is the prayer that comes from the throne of the Father's will. This alone is the prayer that will be answered. The Holy Spirit knows the divine plan and will lead you to hear and pray for that glorious purpose for your life and your world. That's so important. I'm going to read that again. That absolutely changed my life when I read that. It says, The prayer we need to discover is the prayer that comes from the throne of the Father's will. This alone is the prayer that will be answered. The Holy Spirit knows the divine plan and will lead you to hear and pray for that glorious purpose for your life and your world. Folks, when we come to pray about anything, there are two very important questions that we need to ask. Number one, we need to ask, Lord, what are you up to? Because he's always up to something. In every situation that you and I face, he has got a plan. It doesn't matter how dark the situation, doesn't matter how bright the situation Father is always up to something. So that's the first question we need to ask. But the second question that we need to ask is, how do you want me to pray? 
This is how we come into agreement with God. Now, here's a little thing that you will discover. Papa may not always answer the first question. He may not always tell us what he's up to because sometimes we we wouldn't know even if he told us, right, Dave? You know, it's so far over our head. But he will almost always answer the second. And there's times that I've come to a situation and I've just told him, Lord, I am not praying another single prayer about this situation till you show me what to pray. I prayed everything that I know. Nothing is changing. Obviously, I'm the one who's wrong here. So I quit. I give up until you show me what to pray. I am not praying another thing. And I just walk off and leave it. And I just will think, okay, it's in your court. If you want this prayed for, then you're going to have to download something because I'm, I'm done. I, I'm finished here. And inevitably, usually when there's no paper or pen around ever, all of a sudden, that's when the download will come. Pray this about that. Then I go to scrambling because I don't want to miss it. And so I grab it, write it down, and then that becomes what I'm praying about. That becomes the prayer that I raise up to the Lord. And I tell you what, beloved, we cannot emphasize enough how important that is. One time we were called into a situation. I'll never forget this. We were called into a situation. It was a serious situation. Somebody was hurting and we got called in to pray And I don't get many visions, so when I get one, Tony, I really sit up and pay attention, right? I don't want to miss what the Lord is saying. And so in this vision, all of a sudden, as we we invited the Holy Spirit to come, I saw the throne of God and against a dark backdrop. And as he was sitting there on his throne, I kept seeing all these shafts of light going up like this. And I knew, as you can only know in a vision, that that represented all the prayers that people were praying about this situation. And some of those would go to the right, and some of them would go to the left. And there was all these shafts. I mean, there was a lot of them that was going up, heading towards the throne of God. And so I shared that with the people that we were praying with, and they were very encouraged to know that lots of people were praying. But Aaron, I was really troubled by that picture. There was something that just didn't sit right with me about it. And so once I had my time to, to get alone with the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what, what is bothering me here? What, what's wrong with this picture? And all of a sudden it hit me. Some of those prayers were going to the right. Some were going to the left. I never saw one that connected with the heart of God. Not one. It was wonderful that all these people had such compassion over this situation, but they were doing that scattershot thing. They were just praying what they thought needed to happen here, and nobody was agreeing with God. Another story I heard just recently. um, You know, when kids are involved, man, I mean, everybody gets serious when it comes to kids being involved, right? Right? And so this family had this, this grandchild that was suddenly very, very sick. I mean, this was deep, serious. And so they all came around to the, uh, to the hospital there, and they were all praying and praying. But the grandmother of the situation was a very seasoned prayer warrior. And so after all this was going on, she all of a sudden drew aside from everybody else. 
And she just said, Lord, what are we doing here? And immediately the Lord gave her a download. She prayed that and instantly that whole situation turned around. Now it was wonderful, all of that other prayer. That, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, please don't hear me saying there's anything wrong with that. But folks, somebody's got to agree with God in what's going on. And you know, in the prayer time this morning, as we were sitting and waiting on the Lord, I just really heard the Lord say that in this hour, He is calling His people to His council table. He wants people to hear what He is saying and get in touch with Him and start praying intelligently by the Holy Spirit. The day is far too gone and the day is far too dark for us to just play around and think we know what's going on. If there was ever a time when we needed to hear God, it's today. And so we need to learn to pray for prayer. Now, if any of you folks have the gift of speaking in other tongues, this can be a major help, especially if you pray and ask the Lord to help you interpret very, very often in my own personal prayer time, I will begin to pray in other tongues and all of a sudden it begins to unfold to me exactly what I need to pray about and how I need to pray. And sure enough, I hook into that and it just flows. And it's beautiful. Sometimes, Dave, the words that come out of my mouth, I know it's not me making it up because I ain't that smart. Right? He said amen. Can you believe that? Lord, (laughs) right? But it's true. This is another gift. That's a whole teaching in and of itself, so I can't spend a lot of time there, but it's absolutely true. So first of all, if we're going to pray in the Spirit, we need to abide in Christ. Secondly, we need to pray for prayer. And then finally, we need to push. Anybody know what push means? Push is an acronym that means pray until something happens. The minute the Lord gives you a download, that becomes what you pray over that particular situation. And whatever you do, don't seek to add to it or take away from it. There's been times where the Lord has given me something to pray over a situation, and I started praying about that. And after a while, I'd kind of like to move on. You know, I'd kind of like to pray something else. And so I've said, Lord, you know, can can we, we add a little bit to this here? And he goes, nope. Okay, here we are. And so we just continue. It's none of my concern. I've learned not to ask too many questions because I don't get too many answers that way. But this is where persistence comes in. And this is often where we bring down, and especially, you know, I mean, we live in this microwave society where 30 seconds and a ding ought to take care of anything. That's not necessarily the way the kingdom works. Sometimes because of everything that we are involved with, and I mean, if our eyes could suddenly be opened, even right here in this room, you would be amazed at all the activity that's going on right here, things that we can't even see. There's angels here that is doing stuff right now. There are angels here that are seeking to bring deposits from heaven and drop them on you. Did you know that? There's also demons active here that's trying desperately to distract you from what I'm saying because what I'm telling you today means the undoing of the powers of darkness. 
So there would be demons here who are trying to distract you from the message. All this kind of stuff, because of all of that and so much more, there's times where we just need to persist in prayer. And we continue to pray this before the throne until either the answer comes or the Lord releases you. One of the two. Now, when the answer comes, great. That's when we celebrate. That becomes our testimony that we began to share with other people, telling them what we saw God do, how he led us through this whole process. It's an amazing story. But sometimes the Lord just says, okay, that's enough. There are several churches that I pray for every single Sunday morning, churches that the Lord has laid on my heart. And there's one particular one I prayed for faithfully for years till I think it was the beginning of this year. The Lord said, you're done. What do you mean I'm done? They're they're still having church. What do you mean I'm done? You're done. Okay. He's in control, right? So it's very, very important. Now, Here's the great thing about this, folks. There are some dynamic things that happen when we pray in the Spirit. So let's talk about that for just a moment. First of all, when we pray in the Spirit, we automatically pray in Jesus' name. We know that verse of Scripture, John 16, 23 and 24. Jesus says, At that time you will ask me nothing. I tell you the solemn truth. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive it so that your joy may be complete. Now, you know, we read that verse of Scripture and we think, hot dog, there's the magic token right there. If I just put in Jesus' name on the end of my prayer, I've got it. In high school, I met a lot of young guys who thought they could pray that way about a girl and get it. Guess who didn't get a date? Because God is not going to be manipulated by anybody. That's not what that's about. It's not some kind of magic wand that we can just kind of wave over our prayer and get an answer. Beloved, when we pray in Jesus' name or to ask in His name is to ask in harmony with His interests and desire. It is literally taking the role of an ambassador. When we come and we say that we are here in Jesus' name, we are here representing the King. Well, we have to represent His interests. It has to be about Him. And when the Holy Spirit shows us how to pray about anything, He automatically leads us to pray in harmony with Jesus. So when we pray in the Spirit, we automatically pray in Jesus' name, whether we ever use that phrase or not, because we are partnering together with God. Another dynamic thing that happens is that we pray according to God's will. Here's a wonderful, wonderful portion of Scripture. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have before Him, that whenever we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, then we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. Now, of course, we know the will of God in a general way. I mean, my goodness, we've got a whole book full of God's general will. So that's how we begin to recognize the voice of the Spirit of God when He begins to speak to us because the Holy Spirit will never speak contrary to this book. I didn't get enough amens out of that. 
The Holy Spirit will never speak contrary to this book. Thank you. It's very important. That's why we need to have this book flowing in us in some measure at all times so that we will recognize the voice of God's Holy Spirit when it comes. But the Holy Spirit leads us to the specific will of God because we have no idea as to what God is doing in a specific situation, but the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray in concert with God's desires. That's what will be heard in the courts of heaven, and that is what will release heaven on earth. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right here is the key to seeing that happen. But thirdly, now if you buckled your seatbelts before, you better rebuckle them because this is going to get you real good. Thirdly, when we pray in the Spirit, not only do we pray in Jesus' name, not only do we pray according to God's will, we literally rule the world with God. Yes, you heard that right. We literally rule the world with God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in offenses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And He raised us up together with Him and seated us together with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing wealth of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, through His great work of redemption, Christ literally took us from the lowest place in sin and exalted us to the highest place in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. It is a present position with future implications. We will not experience the fullness of it in this life, but that doesn't mean we don't experience it in this life. That purpose of being positioned with Him there in the right here, in the right now, is for the purpose of partnership. We are partnering together with Him in the outworking of His will. Mike Bickle in his sermon, uh, The House of Prayer, said this. He says, The Father governs the universe in intimate partnership with His people. This is the ultimate expression of His desire for partnership. When we see our identity as the house of prayer, it gives us resolve with confidence that God will empower us to walk in the grace of prayer. It also shows us the significant loss we incur if we neglect prayer. Powerful statement. But if you think that was powerful, listen to what Derek Prince said in his book, The Secrets of of a Prayer Warrior. If you don't have that book, you should. I don't normally advertise resources, but that one I will. Derek Prince, The Secrets of a Prayer Warrior. It is, honest to goodness, the best book I think I've ever read on prayer, and I've read lots. But listen to what he says. He says, as I understand it, the most influential people on earth today are those who know how to get their prayers answered. Let me read that again. As I understand it, the most influential people on earth today are those who know how to get their prayers answered. 
This is because they can release the omnipotence of God into situations which goes far beyond anything that the wisest or most powerful human being can do. When was the last time you stopped and thought about that? This is why we have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And prayer is the channel by which His reign is released in the earth. But there has to be a people that know how to listen to their God and pray together with Him. Talk about the ultimate prayer partner. Right? Wesley Duell, in his book, Mighty Prevailing Prayer, writes the following. He says, if you pray for carnal desires, the spirit lapses into silence within you. Spirit-filled persons suddenly realize that something is wrong. They are praying on their own. There comes an inner hesitation, a gentle restraint of the spirit. The helper is saying by his silence, I can't endorse that prayer. Jesus can't amen that prayer. You may mean well, but you're missing my purpose and will. Wait, wait, and I will help you see a better way, a better prayer. End quote. This is why we must pray in the Holy Spirit. And if we will humble ourselves and acknowledge our need, He will meet us and lead us into prayer adventures greater than what we ever knew was possible. I stand before you this morning and I tell you with all assurance that once I learned to pray this way, I started seeing more answers to prayer than I ever had before in my entire life. Sometimes I have to readjust. I realize that God turned left and I turned right someplace and I have to come back around and say, okay, Lord, where did I miss it? What do we need to do here? And join back in, hook back in with the Spirit of God. But I'll tell you what, Prayer will never be boring again. It'll be the most exciting thing. I tell you what, Brian, I can't wait to get to my prayer time in the morning. I will get up early. I will do whatever it takes to have that hour with Jesus. Because I just can't wait to see what he's going to do next. And then to go out into my day and watch him as he makes it unfold. Life don't get no better than that. At any time. Let's go ahead and have our band start to come up. And, um, you know, as I was preparing for this, actually weeks ago already, as I was preparing for this, the Lord really, really spoke to me. And this, this hasn't left me, so I'm going to guess this is something he once said. There is somebody here as a lady, probably about my age, now that you figured that out. Um, you've been praying for a nephew. I don't know anything beyond that. I don't know what the nephew is going through, but you've been praying for a nephew. And as we've been talking, you may have wondered, well, have I been praying wrong? And what I hear the Lord saying is, no, you have been right on target. And if you will just continue to pray a little longer you will see the breakthrough that you have been praying for. So if that's you this morning, take hold of that. 
and let that encourage you. There are at least seven of you here this morning that you need a major financial breakthrough. I don't have any more details than that. At least seven of you that need a major financial breakthrough. If you will take this that we have shared this morning and apply it and ask, Lord, how do you want me to pray about this and start praying that way? You will see the financial breakthrough that you need. And just this morning as we were upstairs in our prayer time, the Lord downloaded to me that there is one of you here that you have got a major business decision. I kind of had the feeling that it was a business owner, but I'm not entirely sure about that. You have got a major business decision facing you, and you're wondering, what in the world do I do about this? Take it to the Lord. Ask Him, how do I need to pray about this? And what He shows you will contain your answer about it. So if that is you this morning, grab hold of that, take it into the throne room, and let God download it to you. Now the band is going to sing here for just a moment. We're going to have people up here that are willing to pray with you about anything that's on your heart this morning. So if you need prayer, please don't leave here this morning until you get some prayer. I'll be over here. Vince will be around. There'll be others here. But please make sure that you connect with the Lord this morning.